where it's not that hard ROI. But yeah. what I talk about oftentimes to my clients is about consistency of behavior. And in fact, I even talk about it in my book, like the principle you, I said, you know, before we build a plan, I ask, what are you willing to do? Happy Tuesday, everybody. I hope you guys have enjoyed your week. I know it's weird hearing me say Tuesday and not Monday or Friday, but uh, all is well. Today I released uh, the episode because this is the only episode this week. I don't want you to have to worry about missing any episodes. And selfishly, I want you to catch all the episodes coming up because they're going to be absolutely fantastic. So with all that being said, before I introduce my guest, I'd love to just remind you of a few things. Make sure you're on the newsletter, daltonkjensen.com. Uh, I am a sales coach and sales trainer now. I'm trying to dive full-time into that. So if you know anybody, any small business owners who need sales coaching, any individuals who need sales coaching, I would love to help. Absolutely would love to help. So with all that being said, uh, please leave a review on this, especially if you're listening on Spotify. Spotify just announced their review system. So they're catching up to Apple pretty quick. Please leave a review. Please share this with your friends. And with all that being said, Dr. Ian Brooks joined me for an episode of the podcast today to talk about his book, Intention, and how we can live more meaningful, more open lives, how we can lead more meaningfully, more intentionally. And it was absolutely wonderful. I loved having him on. We had a great conversation about goals, about leadership, about really opening up to who you are. So with all that, please welcome Dr. Ian Brooks. Share this with your friends. And thank you so much for listening. Welcome, everybody. This is Don Jensen, and you're tuning into The Thinking Project. You're the chief executive and founder of Rhodes Smith Consulting. Yep. Right? Yeah, that's it. So tell, me more, so tell me more about like what you do as a consultant and how that plays into your, into your day-to-day. Yeah. So actually, um, so Rhodes Smith is... Um, is a personal and professional development firm. So what I oh, do cool. is I coach individuals. Um, I work with um, individuals one-on-one. I work with leaders within organizations and even work with organizations helping them manage their transformations, most, most notably their technology. So for me, oh. um, so, I'm, so in that context, I'm, you know, from a technology standpoint, I'm a change manager doing large-scale transformations. But really my heart and soul and passion is really improving people's story. And so that really comes down to leadership development, thinking about from succession planning standpoint, developing soft skills, and even just working with people one-on-one outside of the corporate environment to see them expand. So uh, actually the name Rhodes Smith, obviously um, you might think, hey, why, you know, it's not my name, Um, (laughs) but really it is my name. It's actually just paying homage to the matriarchs, uh, my grandparents on both sides. So Rhodes um, is on my mom's side, but as in, Important to that is you have the Smiths, which is on the on my father's side. Now, with yeah. that with that said, um, it also ties into what I do and help people do, and that is roads. Is we all have our own individual journey, and we all take that journey. Um, we might have a good plan, but our path is our path. And so, <laughs> if we think about transformations, we have our own road that we're going to go down. Um, along with that, no different than a blacksmith requires yeah. heat and fire to build, you know, forge metal and shape it, so too must um, we, when we go through transformations, we are now cold and now we need to warm up and we're going to get heat and we got to transform into something else, something brand new. And so in that respect, Rhodes Smith 
it was kind of born. So paying homage to my, my family, but also the experience we all go through. Yeah, that's really cool. So you said a couple of things in there that I kind of want to learn more about. Yeah. Um, so the first thing is like change management. So I've heard that yeah. kind of thrown around in an industry. Um, I never really know, like, I've never really like, I mean, obviously it's kind of in the name, right? But mm -hmm. how do you like get into that? Like kind of in that yeah. field, how do you like grow in that field? Like, what does it take to be successful? Like all the above, I guess. Yeah, sure. So, you know, obviously, uh, you know, not necessarily obviously, but when you think about yeah. change management solely and specifically within an organizational side, um, I have a doctoral degree in industrial organization oh, wow. psychology. So, <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, um, in that respect, I work with, you know, through that experience, I've worked with a number of organizations, a who's who's list of technology transformations. And it's really born on really how am I helping leaders within those organizations institute their strategies and getting people to follow along in those strategies. Most oftentimes now, as we've seen over the last, you know, at least in my career, over the last 20 years, um, from a change management perspective, I've really been working with these leaders in their organizations, helping them manage um, the who, what, when, and how of those transformations, not as a project manager, but more specifically uh -huh. as getting people to think, feel, and do something differently tomorrow than they're doing today. Because as we all know, right, executives <laughs> yeah. see change on a sheet of paper, right? <laughs> and, yeah. and we look at it from a boxes and an ROI perspective and who are we shifting around on that PowerPoint. Whereas someone's day-to-day -day life is actually being measured against this from a, oh my God, I actually have to do something actually different. Um, I have to be trained on that. So my job from an organizational change management perspective is to work with the leaders and their respective teams um, to number one, how do we build engagement, right? So how do we create communication and, and levels of awareness consistently across an organization so that everybody is aware of what's actually taking place? Um, that also yeah. takes the form of communication <laughs> planning. So even just sending out communications, that sort of thing. The mm -hmm. third is, and you know, how do we now train you know, users and build, you know, with that, that what's with them. So what's in it for me kind of scenario and like getting them bought into the process, but training them for their job and setting, setting them up for success and then measuring, measuring that success at the end aligned to some business value and, and some drivers. And so you think about that from a technology standpoint, whereby our technologists are oftentimes pass, passive participants in the organization where they're yeah. just waiting on JIRA tickets and, you know, just being waited, wait to told what to do, or they have to go and meet the requirements of a business and ask them what they need to get done and then try to build it. You know, I try yeah. to forge that relationship a little bit by building that partnership and helping the organization now evolve from a behavior standpoint, from a change management perspective. Oh, okay. That's really cool. So you, so this is one thing that I've always had a question on. I kind of ask every, like I've had another uh, person in your field um, oh, she had a doctorate in, in some kind of organizational management as well. Some, mm -hmm. something like that. It might've been a different, yeah. Yeah. uh, field, but, but I, I always ask when I, when you talk about this, how do you measure some of these soft skills? Mm -hmm. Like you talk about like, you know, measuring and I, you know, and I'm a sales mm -hmm. guy, I'm an mm -hmm. accountant. So I understand the importance of like measuring and reporting mm -hmm. and being accountable and scaling. And for me, that works with like numbers in my head. So how yeah. do you approach an accountability, you know, and, and like a metric standpoint on, on some of these softer skills, some of these communication skills? Yeah, no, it's a, no, it's a great question because it's oftentimes missed and it's often the reason why people don't do it. 
Um, when I'm looking at it from an organizational side, I'm looking at it more towards of how we drive in the business. So in that respect, if it's technology, you know, what are our measures of efficiency that we've gained um, from an employee perspective? I'm also mm-hmm. my, um, how, do, how have they adopted the particular technology? So more specifically, how often are they actually <laughs> using it? That's why we're seeing an uptick oh, yeah, in, okay. in, in, in the use of a particular tool. Um, I might say, uh, look at it from a usability standpoint. So are they seeing efficiency? in that respect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just general perspective of, hey, it, is this thing even helping you in your job? So then that's that more subjective piece. Now, when I'm okay. working with my executives from a coaching standpoint within um, organizations, so when I'm working with them and coaching them on their communication, their engagement, when I'm coaching them on their abilities to influence their teams more tactically in a lot of different ways than, say, technology, where it's really not the leader that needs to do anything. I just need to convince you. In that respect, yeah, yeah I'm actually yeah, yeah. the soft skills that you just mentioned around those that typically are communication, engagement, um, being seen as a leader. How do I show up? Um, building mm-hmm. influence, those things that becomes a little bit more challenging. So, how I capture that feedback is in several ways. Um, the first being on employee survey results. So, we have a from two on employee survey um, <laughs> metrics. Right. Say, okay, what are people's perspectives? You know, people's intent yeah. to stay, things of that nature. The second piece I'll look at oftentimes will be around, you know, I'll do one on one 360 feedback with specific members of an individual's team to make sure I'm getting the right capturing the right points to see where that yeah. they believe their boss needs to go and do a from two. So, OK, here's what you said. We'll build a plan potentially around what they are targeting and then go yeah. back to them saying, hey, are they actually seeing the results that they want? And the third piece is and this is going to be a little bit more nuanced, if you will, where it's not that hard ROI. But yeah. what I talk about oftentimes to my clients is about consistency of behavior. It's not about whether you did it or not. Someone says, yes, you did it. Check the box. Like, oh, I talked mm. to my employees around talent planning. Yeah. Check. Or we did communications. Check. You sent that out. Check. That's not the goal. That is a point in time milestone that I want you to make sure you're doing. But I'm also looking for consistency of behavior. So in the context that we do it once or twice a week. Okay, great. Let's find other situations where you're trying those same behaviors. So we're doing it three and four and five times a week in different situations. We're looking at mm-hmm. um, seeing where you're failing and treating that failure as a point of reference and not of resident because you're building the skills and capabilities mm-hmm. and consistency of behavior. And that is that measure of success for that particular individual. And oftentimes yeah. that's where we start to see that win internally. Like that's where you get your confidence from. Like, shit, I didn't realize I, I could do this <laughs> or better yet, I did it. And man, I want to do it again. I'm going to do it again. Yeah. And it's reinforced with the outside world. Oh, that's really cool. Um, yeah. And that, and that makes a lot of sense and brings up a lot of, you know, brings a lot of clarity to like what I mm-hmm. think people, you know, get when, when they think of like coaching. Right. So if you think of like executive mm-hmm. level coaching, um, I would imagine that you get some pushback on that. If you're, if you're going into that, mm-hmm. some like objections, right. If you're, if you're kind of pitching that, what what kind of objections do you run into when you pitch this to like high level executives and like how do you overcome that cuz i'm just you know it's kind of it's kind yeah. of you know a good conversation for me because and i think for the audience because it's just you know if you want to get into coaching it just feels so abstract when you're starting mm-hmm. right like how do you yes. how do you have this conversation initially mm-hmm. how do you like show people that they are getting better and how do you convince them mm-hmm. of that and things like that right 
Yeah. You know, and I think the first part is I don't try to convince them. I, I let them tell <laughs> me right. what they've done. Right. I, I think that's okay. the biggest yeah. thing. It's about that ownership. Right. If I, because if I have to convince them that it's helpful, then most likely they're not going to stick with it even after I leave. Yeah. Because I recognize <laughs> yeah. I have a shelf life. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm not trying to stay there forever. Um, I'm trying to give right. them the right foundation. <laughs> but when I'm actually working with the leaders and executives, and typically my audience is, are those individuals who are brand new leaders, mid level leaders at some of the larger organizations? And I'm influencing their behaviors. If I'm working yeah. with the executives, it's typically at you know smaller, I'd say mid-sized companies. Um, you wouldn't necessarily consider them mid-sized if I, you know, sure. some of the executives I I, I give them yeah. or, with, or <laughs> sure. some of the companies I've worked at. Um, but they're just basically startups and a very smaller mid-sized companies. You're like, wow, you make a lot yeah. of money. You guys are still struggling with this. But to <laughs> now to answer your question in more more a specific way around the resistance because it does happen, right? Yeah. Um, because they're already successful and oh, to tell yeah. people that they already need to do something or need to do something different, even despite the success they've already had, is challenging, yeah. right? Because right. it's like, why, why change? I don't need to do anything else. I'm, I'm good as I am. Yeah. <laughs> right? I can just yeah. stay in my box. And so when I come in, it's, it's not to convince them that they aren't successful. It's not to convince right. them that they're doing something wrong. It is about expansion. It's yeah. about here's what we're hearing. And now we have a choice. Now we have a choice to oh, do something yeah. or we have a choice not to do something, which yeah. either way, just, let's just be honest around what we're going to do because that may influence the noise <laughs> we're going to hear around you. That may influence an HR conversation in certain instances. It may influence how your manager treats you and, and other aspects of your job moving forward. That, those are all okay. Those are just consequences to a mere choice. Now, yeah. once we recognize that and say, okay, you're still successful, even regardless of the choice you make and decide, it's a function of how do we expand. And so now putting in that positive spin to it, still making them and letting them realize that the power is still with them to choose on what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. what, we're, what, we're, what we're actually doing is building more capabilities on what you already have or harnessing new capabilities that weren't refined. I often mm-hmm. find when, we, when I'm working with these leaders, especially lower on the um, totem pole or in the mid, mid-tier or even at the smaller mid-sized companies with those COOs type people, they're yeah. good at what they do, right? They're really strong at, at the what. And you need them to get go out there and do something, make a widget, <laughs> go out there and tell you about the business end-to-end, know the process. They'll take yeah. that backwards and forwards and twice on Sunday. They know it yeah. and, and, and that's it. Where they struggle yeah. is on how, right? They leave a wake behind them. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And the goal isn't to leave awake. It the job is to make sure that how are we creating engagement, how do we create buy-in, how do we create um that level of communication that that is offering transparency? How can I yeah. now be able to let go in a way that I actually trust people to actually go and do the job so I can now think more strategically on things and drive a direction? Because guess what? We're not taught to do those things, right? It, it it's like we're yeah. discussing those type of roles. We're just taught, hey, you're really good at what you do. And hey, people seem to like you. So, hey, I think you'd be a great manager. And right. those skills aren't necessarily reinforced <laughs> as you go up in the, up the ladder. So from that resistance, it's saying, hey, you're still good at what you do. You're still a really good, yeah. good person. That Now it's about how are we expanding you as a leader? And now you're building a better, better package for yourself, your employees, and that impact. And oh, yeah, by the way, you're still good at these things too. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny that you bring that up. I feel like that happens in a lot of industries. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in it. I was in, you know, I've been in sales and typically in sales, they promote like 
top performers. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah. uh, man, which isn't a bad, like, I don't think it's a bad mm-hmm. thing. I just think that, uh, well, kind of back to your point of like, you know, you're really good at this and you're really, and, and in my experience, so it doesn't all like being a top performer. doesn't always mean you're going to be a really good manager. Yeah. Right. It, it, yeah. It, you're, you're absolutely right. And I put it to even just tied to sports, right? Name yeah. one coach who's in the hall of fame. That was also a hall of fame player. Right. Yeah, there's I, I don't know of any actually. Yeah, very very few, right? And, and I don't yeah, know if you're in the okay. sports or otherwise, but it's a, it's just yeah. an easy thing to pull out. Like who was just outstanding in what they did as a player, then, yeah. but also could translate that into a coach. And I and and again, just very, very few because it just takes a different makeup, it takes a different level of engagement, it takes a different yeah. level of ability ability to connect on a different level. And having worked with sales individuals uh, historically in, in a previous in previous roles, um, I recognize you know what's rewarded is hey how many you got ten sales this week okay let's go get twenty like I'm chasing the yeah. chasing the carrot and that's where you get the yeah. bonus and all the other good things. But to your very statement, I've seen some of the yeah. worst <laughs> worst yeah. leaders on that side of the house because if you take away that carrot, it's like you know they, they can be very difficult individuals to to work with. It's also very isolated, very siloed. It's like, hey, it's constant competition. That doesn't yeah. mean it's not bad. It doesn't mean it's a, that it's a bad thing. It doesn't mean it's a, otherwise. But it does right. mean how are you as a leader? And I also see it in the media and entertainment side as well, as I've worked in okay. quite a bit. Um, as you might imagine, oh, it's really very, cool. very, very neat to see uh, some of the organizations between, I, I've worked at Netflix, Warner Brothers, um, uh, uh, Sony oh, wow. and Shondaland to name a few. Yeah. And I've worked and, and you see it there and there's some really, really nice people talented at what they do. But when yeah. you start getting up in the higher ranks and you start to see, okay, what does it mean to really be a leader? Now you start to see like, okay, the things that made them successful <laughs> aren't necessarily make some really good, strong leaders or business right. individuals as well. So um, right. that's where you start to see the refinement and where I, again, going back to your earlier statement, where do I see resistance? It's like, hey, you're already successful. You're already working at these great companies. You're already great at yeah. what you do. Just expand on that and just trust. Trust and be a little bit vulnerable. And when you can touch on that vulnerability and people are willing to do that and take those steps, making they have some magic, some really good magic so, being shop leaders. We are brought to you guys by Sheffield Cider. Now, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that I love taste testing this cider. It's one of my personal favorites. And every guest that I bring on who tries it with me says the same thing. And they finally partnered with us so that you can share Sheffield Cider with those that you love. Sheffield Cider is a crisp, organic, artisan, non-alcoholic cider that comes from fresh apples right out of Sheffield Farms in Mesa, Washington. It really doesn't get better than this. So when you use code THINK10, you'll save 10% off a full case of Sheffield cider. So make sure that you check them out. Sheffieldcider.com use code think 10 and enjoy. It'll be the best decision you've ever made. Yeah. So with, so vulnerability is obviously a a key to a strong Mm -hmm. leader. Um, How do you build up the trust it would take to help somebody be vulnerable, especially in a position like that? I feel like that takes a great salesperson. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. But like that would be hard, like running with all the. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not saying that everybody in this position has an ego, but I'm saying you know if you're the if you're like a COO of Netflix, I don't blame you if you do. 
That's all I'm saying, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, it and 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 ironically, you, you bring that up, but uh, you know, it, I I was working with the COO of <clears throat> of an organization like that, and uh, in the media entertainment space, and and he didn't necessarily have an ego as much as he was just he was very good at what he did. Right? I mean, the hell, that's just what what it what it was, and he had a great team, and everybody loved him, but he wasn't a very good communicator. He didn't uh, wasn't very good at um, being transparent. Um, he didn't develop his team. And everybody was yeah. like, we love him, but we don't know what his opinion is. And we, we don't really know what he wants us to do. And how do we develop? <laughs> like, we, yeah. like we got problems here. Um, so you have to say, say for that particular individual, and ironically, I, I sat down with him. I said, okay, um, you know, here's what we're hearing, right? Now, what, now what's yeah. your perception of what you're doing around these things? Mm. Um, yeah. so allowing him to say what he believes. And then once he sees the feedback, now we have a comparison point. Here's how you view yourself yeah. and here's how you, here's how they view you. Not to say either is right or wrong, right? Um, as much as yeah. they offer context. And so yeah. in that perspective, to your very statement, being able to trust me to guide them takes time. Being vulnerable in different situations takes time as well. So in that, um, for this particular individual and what I do for most of my executives, <clears throat> After we identify and I see what the themes have been, identifying what they're re- ready to resonate with, like saying, "Okay, here's what I'm willing yeah. to do, and here's what I'm, here's what choices I'm willing to make." We then identify like one or two things to do in a week. I'm not trying to do it all. Not trying to, mm-hmm. not trying to, con- you know, conquer them out. Right? You didn't get here in a day. We're not going to solve it yeah. in a day. So let's just do one or two things. Like, okay, what do you? So, what's your meeting schedule this week? All right. So here's where we're going to test this out. Oh, you don't have those any meetings this week. We're going to set some up, <laughs> right? Yeah. And this is what we're going to practice. This is what we're going to do. And we're not trying to do everything, right? We're just going to take one or two things. And then we're going to come right. back and see how it went, see how it. And so that creates a sense of safety. It creates yeah. a sense of trial and error. Yeah. It creates the start of vulnerability, knowing that, hey, what you just saw on the sheet of paper might have seemed like the Grand Canyon, but we need to, yeah. don't need to do it all at once. And we're just taking incremental steps. And we're just practicing. And now we're just going to take situations and we're going to expand. We're going to see what we did well, what we'd like, hell, mm-hmm. even what we felt, right? <laughs> if you felt ang- anxious being in that meeting and having that conversation, let's, let's honor that. Like, okay, now what can we do different to prepare so we're not as anxious or what caused that anxiousness? Yeah. Now let's move forward in, in that kind of dialogue. So that's how I help kind of get and create the vulnerability around the process of new behaviors. Um, yeah. Well, it's a great, it's a great way to do it because I think as a, you know, I've had that experience on a smaller scale. Like when I was leading a sales team and you, you know, somebody does a survey and they're like, Hey, what do you think of your manager? And you get a few bad marks on there, right? You're like, I thought everybody loved me, but it's great. I mean, if you're, if you're in the right space for it, like it was very helpful for me because, because one of the things that I I try to be in life is coachable and Mm -hmm. I'm not perfect, but but, you know, there's sometimes when you're like, you got to just be like, hey, I get it. Right. Like, I, yeah, I totally understand what's going on. Yes. And, and that's really cool. So go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I've been there, too. I used to have a team of 25 people I, I used to support across the across the country. And the closest people to me were a three hour drive away. away. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, you can do you can think you're doing so much. And then you get those scores back. And you're like, man. <laughs> darn it like this is that i wasn't doing as good as i thought i was or 
or you know the feedback was okay I now I now need to do something a little bit different um, but as you mentioned yeah. and even in my story and even when I tell my clients all the time is um, use those moments as a place of reference and not a resident and oh hey that's um, good <laughs> and and as you said we're all none of us are perfect we're doing the best we can with what we got to work with so let's let's do the best we can with what we have to work with and if we need to work with something more then call a coach or get help but the reality yeah. is let's do our best so yeah absolutely hey real quick just uh yeah. just are you hearing any feedback on your end i'm not are you hearing okay, it online cool. No, 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 no. Okay. Uh-uh. Okay. I just wanted to make sure there was some change and I had to call an audible with some of my equipment. Oh, got it. <laughs> Fair enough. I just want to make sure it was cool. Um, no, that's really cool. So I want to talk about two things because that, yeah. that's, a, that's a lot of fun. So um, first, I want to talk about how you got to this point. Like mm-hmm. what made you choose this career path? Is it something yeah. that you um, that you were intentional about? You know, you started out young and you were like, I want to be you know, I want to be, I want to have a PhD and I want to be a change manager yeah. or uh, was it something that you kind of stumbled upon? Um, and then obviously we're going to move on to your new book and, and talk yeah. about that and, and dive into that. So, okay. No, let's, perfect. Let's start there. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's um, yeah, it started off um, wanting to be a psychologist when I was 13. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I made, made a decision <laughs> like, Hey, you know, I think it'd be kind of cool to be a psychologist and, 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 and really, you know, at that moment, I was like, I wanted to get my PhD in psychology. And the only psychology okay. I knew at that point was uh, clinical psychology. And it really was born yeah. from, you know, fear of judgment. Um, I didn't want to be too high on that spectrum, right? Um, because that had expectations that you had to live up to all the time. And if you didn't meet it, then that created a whole different world of problems. <laughs> yeah. Angst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to be too low on that totem pole because that created its own set of anxiety and, <laughs> and attention I didn't need or want. So I was like, if I let me just be break in the middle. Like, I just want to be in the middle. So let me just get C's in school, I'm not trying to be too high, too low. C is average. Let me just be quiet, not say anything. Um, but it also <laughs> meant that I'm paying attention to people, right? Because I was always interested yeah. in the reason people do what they do. And, and that's kind of how I, I fell into psychology, you know, early on as a, as, as a youth. And um, it spawned a journey of me going to undergraduate and getting my psychology degree and, and then going down to Alabama and, and at Auburn uh, University of Montgomery oh, cool. in particular and getting my master's in clinical psychology. So during that time, I was working with uh, adults in a 24-hour lockdown ward uh, doing therapy, oh. intake. Um, group therapy, et cetera. Heck, even working with adolescents during my scholastic time, administering intelligence tests, um, even personality tests like the Rorschach and all that good stuff. Um, oh, wow. So it, cre- so it created a gr- wonderful foundation of, of learning of who people are and, and the reasons we do what we do. Now, in that context, yeah. I'm, in that framework, heck, people are just trying to be normal, right? Because they're dealing with a chemical imbalance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. And it was just one day I was like, you know what, I, I, you know, it, it just wore on me because, it was, you know, as a psychologist, you just keep everything in. And it's, it's kind of like John Coffey in The Green Mile. Like, I don't know if you ever recall the movie, uh, but he takes in everything that, <laughs> that all the pain of yeah. everyone else. And, and he just yeah. has to regurgitate it. And he's like, he's just dog tired. Well, The Green Mile wasn't <laughs> out there in that point. But I, I resonate with that in that point of the movie because I was like, that's how I felt in therapy because there's so much that was yeah. that I just had held on to, and there was no way to get that out. <laughs> um, right. and I just had to deal, yeah. to deal deal with it at the time. 
So I made the decision like, hey, I want to, st- I still love psychology. I still want to pursue my doctorate. And I was like, hey, let's go and do, go into organizational psychology. And so um, um, I took the path of uh, going and coming out to California and getting my doctorate in organizational psychology or, or industrial organization psychology. And that started me on my path of both change management from a technological perspective, and as well as keeping with my coaching and leadership development and working with people one-on-one to help them navigate through different scenarios, all leveraging the foundation that I learned um, from my clinical background, getting my master's. And so from that, uh, from that IO degree, um, I treated every job that I had as a two-year internship. I rotated jobs um quite a bit so the first year i i I said hey i'm going to learn this job um the start of that second year for those first six months i would say i'd be fine and get get really good at it and in that last six months transition out and yeah and because of that i I was afforded an opportunity to go to a lot of different places um sometimes i didn't even last a year uh two years in some places i just lasted a year um, because I, I was like, Hey, I learned what I was supposed to learn here and I'm done. Yeah. Um, but it afforded me to, to really see the, the entirety of how people change and what they change around and the different components, mm-hmm. both from a communication engagement, from a leadership development and the skills that people are looking for from resume writing to succession planning, to how do you look at top talent to what are people really struggling with? Mm-hmm. And one day I, um, during the time I was in uh, one of my last full-time roles, um, I was, you know, they were going through a huge tra- organizational change. And what they would do is send out fifth, a, a, a meeting invite 15 minutes before you arrived, before, before yeah. the meeting. And uh, that's how you knew something was happening. And so <laughs> I got that, I got that, uh, got a notice one day and got a 15 minutes and, and I was talking to my manager and she was running through, Hey, we're going through some organizational changes, as you know, and some people are impacted. So, yeah. yeah, I know. And she goes, well, you're not going to be one of them. Uh, you're going to be uh, getting, getting a new job. And um, I said, oh, okay, what's the job? And it was a job I had never had before. It was a learning manager at the time. And like, I had yeah. never been a learning manager. I had never done the job before. I didn't even, didn't even know the line of business. And I said, yeah. okay, well, when does the job start? She goes, well, it starts on Monday. And mind you, they were having this conversation on Friday. But what that 15 minute conversation taught me was that I, I have to be able to be able to do this job myself and I can't trust right. anyone in that respect because it's going it to likely happen again. And uh, as a result, I started my own business um, specifically around yeah. coaching and developing people and work with the organizations around this specifically. And so um, it's really led me on a journey even to even creating and writing my book intention um, around people's own pursuits and uh, around building wow. the capabilities to do something else. So that's a long-winded way of how I got to where I am, both from a degree standpoint, but experience as well. Um, wow. But I'd be remiss if I didn't at least share some of that. Yeah. And well, and I, and, and that's why, that's why I have the podcast because mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's better for people when they hear a story of like how someone started, because I, the, the thing that I'm dealing with right now, and I've kind of gone all in on, cause I've seen like my audience and I've seen, like business owners kind of start changing um, is that, you know, number one is like, just start, you know, mm-hmm. and don't be afraid to like change as you go yeah. and, and and keep going. 
Um, and then my thing is, is like to get people to do that, I, I'm like, done is better than perfect. Yes. Right. Like, yeah, just, I mean, yeah, it's not going to be perfect and that's okay. Like my first, like, to be honest with you, my, my first like 30 episodes, I didn't even listen to them when I yeah. put them out. <laughs> I had somebody, I had a really good friend of mine, like edit them for me and make sure that they sounded good. And when he said like they were good, I was like, cool, let's go. Right. I'm not even, even going to listen to it because I just, yeah. you know, I knew that if I did, I wouldn't, I wouldn't finish it. And so it's really, it's really inspiring for people to hear, like, you know, I thought I was going to do one thing and then I, I made this change kind of halfway through, but everything that, that you learned in the beginning is helping mm -hmm. you where you're at right now. Absolutely. And you know, it's, it's funny. I, um, I, I totally absolutely resonate with your story around the podcast. Um, you know, it's very rare that I actually listen to myself on any podcast. And in fact, I don't think I've ever gone back to listen to any of them. Um, and I've been on quite a That's few. All right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it all stems from, you know, as a, just hearing my own voice and, and that analytical sense that we get it to ourselves, especially when we're putting ourselves mm -hmm. out there. We are also brought to you guys by Monarch Social. Now, Monarch Social isn't just another social media marketing company because they're going to take care of you on all your digital marketing fronts from SEO to beautifully designed websites to custom videography. And if you want to know more about that, you got to check out the video they did for me uh, on the Thinking Project Facebook group um, because it was absolutely phenomenal. They absolutely killed it. Morgan and his team take really good care of you. They walk you through every step of the process and the communication is on point. So if you need a custom video, a beautifully designed website, if you need uh, custom social media ad campaigns, Monarch Socials, where it's at. They also have a podcast they release every Friday where they bring you a ton of value. So check them out, monarchsocialbrand.com, or you can find them wherever uh, you're on social media because they're probably there too. So check them out, monarchsocialbrand.com and get your digital marketing rolling. Now, yeah. especially as business owners, we're putting ourselves out there and, and having to be the face of our organizations, the face of our own products, et cetera. And so that can be extremely frightening. And a lot of people are, are fearful of, of the, taking those steps because they've been, as you mentioned, or as we talked about earlier, um, yeah. people are already successful at doing what they do. So having your own business, no one's fighting for you to have a, your own business. They're fighting for you to get a job, right? But yeah. what people are now saying these days is, hey, I don't want a job. I want to do what I find passion around. I, what I truly enjoy, why I have the most value um, both as seen as adding value, but they're treating me yeah. with value. And so yeah. uh, starting to see that, that a lot more. And unfortunately people's fear, but also they won't start their own business without knowing what they're actually getting themselves into. Um, yeah. can sometimes be extremely daunting and, and scary <laughs> at the same and scary at the same time. Yeah. And you know what? I was just talking about someone, I did a podcast last night. And I was just talking to somebody about this kind of thing that if people don't think like their idea is the next like Amazon or something, then they won't do it. You know, if I don't have a million dollar yeah. idea, I'm not going to do it. And yeah. uh, I have my own thoughts around that, but it's just, it's just funny. So how do you, you know, your book is called mm -hmm. intention, right? Yes. Yes. So, and that's something that's like really important. And I, I mean, I understand like the weight of that because mm -hmm. you have to be intentional about the things that you do, but tell me like, mm -hmm where the idea of the book came from. I mean, I know you kind of touched on that a little bit, but if you sure. want, to, if there's anything you want to go into deeper on that. And then how do people create intention in their life? 
Yeah, no, I touch on both here here now, um, both those questions, because um, while I glossed over the book Intention and the subtitle is Building Capabilities to Transform Your Story. And, and what's important about this, aside from the, the prominence of intention, um, it's implied, it's defined as being purposeful in what we do. And yeah. we have to realize that we make between 2,000 and 10,000 decisions each day. Um, 95% of which are unconscious. That means we're basically running on autopilot much of the day in what we're doing, (laughs) right? But yet when we're actually transforming and transitioning to something else, we have to put it to the forefront of our mind. We have to, as your podcast says, think about that. We have to be (laughs) conscious about that. We have to be aware of what we're doing, what we're good at, what we're not. Because of that, we have to build our, our capabilities to do that because we don't really do that very well, right? We don't, we have capabilities to just go do, right? If you told us to, yeah. hey, just go out here and get a job. Well, you know how to do that because guess what? You can just go do. <laughs> but without the thought process, any job you take is just going to be any job you take. And yeah. what are you now serving the purpose for? And so we need to build capabilities, not to change, but to transform and there's a difference between change and transformation. Change is a milestone. It's an event. They're typically event driven, right? Um, I changed yeah. lanes. I changed my pants. I changed my <laughs> shoes, right? I changed what I ate. That's great. Right. But when we're transforming, we're actually going through a process of moving and being becoming something different. This yeah. book was spawned by me working with my coaches because I saw them struggling in, in uh, the same areas and asking the same questions both in my individual and group coaching courses. And I wanted something I could just leave behind and say, okay, here's your reminder. Like, here's a quick guide, right? Hey, hey, everybody (laughs) wants a guide, right? Give me the five things and make my life a lot easier, (laughs) right? (laughs) But we know those five things are probably true, but if they were that easy, everybody would do it. So it's not that easy. (laughs) And so when I realized that part, right, early on, it was like, okay, you guys still aren't, you're still struggling. And I started writing more and more. And it's like, okay, where were people really struggling with? And it's less about the five steps. It came down to they can't sustain. If they are able to actually achieve their goal, they can't sustain. And what's the reason why they can't sustain? Well, they haven't integrated it into who they are. Well, do they even know who they are? Right. Yes. Do do you even know who you are as a person? Are you authentic? So as you just mentioned, when we're seeing everybody around us the same age as us, making a million dollar ideas by doing nothing. It's like, what am I doing with my life? And you're now you've got a comparison point of which now it's like, okay, that's, that's not even who you are. That's yeah. not even your value. That's not even your purpose on this. Like that's right. not even what you're good at. Yeah. So do your thing. And so, so that was where I started and really started the book, right. And building the first capability. The first thing is discovery, discovery of expanding your awareness of what are you really solving for? And what is your purpose? What is, what's your pri- what is your priority? Not somebody else's, what's your priority? And then the yeah. second capability is the principle of you, of like, what's your character you're bringing to the table? Like, what? Did, who are yeah. you? How did you just get here? <laughs> right? yeah, you're not a, yeah, yeah. Your brother, a, a sibling, a spouse, and all that good stuff. You're a VP. You're a salesman. You are Mr. Know-it-all, right? Yeah. Mr. Know-it-all is a character, right? I got, I'm Mr. Know-it-all because I got two degrees and three certifications, right? <laughs> got yeah. to yeah. be trained and everything, right? But how does that show yeah. up? How does it stop me from achieving my priority? That's going to impact my sustainment. All the points in between, like the plan, yeah, ba- your plan has to be based off of who you are and your priority. Now we have to 
constantly look back at our plan and what our actions were, like that attunement. Like I talked about with my clients, we're reflecting on that, right? Like, what did you just do? Yeah. We can't treat yeah. this like Wiley Coyote. And because Wiley Coyote <laughs> never used the same contraption twice, right? Never. He right. always just trying to catch one road rudder with every single new contraption he could find. He never learned. Right. We can't operate that way. That, that's just draining. <laughs> right, so right. I wrote this book with that in mind to be a book to be experienced. Not, I mean, it's quickly to be, you can, one can quickly read through it. But yeah. that's not the goal. The goal is to experience it so we begin to integrate the capabilities and behaviors that are transferable to any situation, right. not just one. Okay. Um, yeah. As we move forward. That that's cool. Yeah. You know what you said in there is 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 funny because I just and I don't mean to. I was just writing today, and I I'm writing a I'm writing a book for salespeople, okay. and I wrote a quick little uh little ten laws of sales. And it, what's funny is like. I wrote that in the laws of 10 laws of sales. One of them was this idea of sustainability. Like mm -hmm. anybody, like I've seen it, right? Like I've seen a, a guy and a girl come off the street and absolutely kill it their first two months in sales. Mm -hmm. Right. Because like they didn't know what they were, you know, they, they didn't know what they were doing. And that's a lesson for another, another time that I wrote about. But what was funny is like, what was funny is like, I, I mentioned that I was like, yeah, anybody can come do this and, and have a one hit wonder. But mm -hmm. sales isn't about one hit wonders. It's about sustainability. And so I was mm -hmm. like, what, how do you create sustainability? And it was exactly what you said. It was like habits. Like you have mm -hmm. to create these habits in your daily life and you have to mm -hmm. like, yeah. And then you got to like know who you are and, right. and play to your strengths and, yep. and create this process that works for you. Um, mm -hmm. And then what you said too, is like right on with what my podcast is, you know, right on my website, it says too many people, try to be the next Jeff Bezos mm -hmm. or Warren Buffett. And like, you don't even, yeah, you're not even, you, you know what I mean? Like, I would argue that most people don't want to live those lives. That would be my yeah. first argument. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, they, they, they don't. I, and in fact, I even talk about it in my book, like the principle you, I said, you know, before we build a plan, I ask, what are you willing to do? Right. Because to see a Jeff Bezos, to see a yeah. Bill Gates, to see the people of whom we're trying to emulate, even just a regular CEO of the company that you may work for, what are you willing to yeah. do? What are you willing to sacrifice? Because right. guess what? It is not always easy. It's not always, hey, that it's vacation time. <laughs> and everyone, yeah. everyone sees the end result of vacation time. They see the end result yeah. of the big house. They see the end result of these things. But what are you willing to do to get there? And do you have the capabilities yeah. and skills to build up? Now, I'm saying this in a very matter of fact way, and it isn't uh, intended to be that. And more specifically, sure. that's only just you. They have supporting cast, right? <clears throat> we, we need people oh. around us that can help support the things that we're not very good at. Ask Elon yeah. Musk. Is he a great uh, probably leader and communicator? I don't know. <laughs> Seems to be really smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah he's probably got... <laughs> Yeah, he probably has he probably has a hierarchy, right? Like, and and Absolutely. everybody in the middle is like, I'm a buffer. Yes, <laughs> you know, I'm a buffer. Yeah. That's like what yeah. I tell people when I was selling. They'd be like, I want to talk to your manager, and I was like, I don't know if you want to do that. My manager, my manager's a douche. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, yeah. If you can get it, get them to talk, then hey, more power to you. But it, it's one of those things. It, but it's just one of those yeah. things that's like just knowing our strengths and knowing where we can refine our own strengths, but also where we can outsource that stuff too. So 
Heck, even though mm-hmm. I'm a coach, I have my own coach, right? I have you know my my own book and PR coach that, that helps me just like okay, do all my things. Like okay, I'm not very good at it because yeah. it's just not at, at, at top of my mind for me. Like I got I'm also the yeah. content creator and doing all the work itself. So it's a matter of okay, how does all this happen? <laughs> so sometimes you just don't have the time and or yeah. the skill set in my case as well. So it's a matter yeah. of hey. You know, sometimes you need that help and support to get you through. So while it is an individual journey, um, do know that you can always get the support that you need as well. Uh, along for sure. That. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you, how do you teach people to set goals? So this is another question mm-hmm. that I like to ask, especially people who are way smarter than me, because I have like an idea around goals mm-hmm. and I usually get some pushback on it. So before I tell you mine, I just kind of want to hear, and not and not as like a setup or anything. I just want yeah. to learn. I don't want yeah. your views to be changed. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't want your answer to be changed. No, it'd be a rich thing. dialogue. Heck, it's uh, you know, it's it's very it's yeah. very good. Um, you know, when yeah. I when I ask my clients to set goals, that in particular, um, be it whether it organizations or individuals sure. with whom I'm working with one on one, um, I really am looking at the behaviors and the consistency of the behavior. Um, okay. Where I'm treating each moment, I'm treating um, each milestone merely as a point of reference so trying to get into that dress and lose five pounds that's that's nothing more than a milestone the behaviors are how well you're eating and exercising or getting that (laughs) title right is that's just a milestone but what are the behaviors that you did to get there and built up and one of being a strong subject matter expert or being a solid leader or having the relationships what is it and what did it take to have strong relationships with your partner one-on-one? Right. It's just not like, hey, we did it today. We had a wonderful vacation. That is outstanding. <laughs> right? I'm yeah, glad yeah, you're yeah. in Cancun someplace having a great time. And, you're, and that's wonderful. I'm really, the test is going to be when you have the argument, when you, how well are you yeah. communicating then and managing the emotion? So it's around the consistency of the behaviors that I'm, I really look for within my clients to say that is our demarcation. Those are our points in time and reference. So if we're failing, okay, what did we fail? What did we feel? What did we do? What choices did we make around that behavior that lent itself to that result? Now, what are you yeah. going to do to change that? And then secondly, um, how did you feel in that moment? Because I don't want to lose sight of that emotional side, right? That, that Because right, oftentimes right. we get scared or what have you, and it's something triggers us. But it's okay, let's manage that because that's extremely key. And, and then the last part is, just because we're successful at it, that's great. Now, how do we expand that to other situations to test yeah. it out even more to see if it's one time, let's try two times. If it's two times, let's try five times. Let's see. Let's push <laughs> our edges. Let's expand um, yeah. because this is where we're going. But also it's important across all that unit of measure. I also ask them and I measure, what, do you, what did you let go yeah. What did you let go? Because oftentimes when, we're, when I'm asking people to change, they want to hold on to what they're already doing. So I'm constantly <laughs> asking them to let something go. You can't continue to add and think that you're just going to pile on top of everything else you're doing. That creates someone being overwhelmed. That creates doing too much. That also yeah. can be a conflict of what you used to do is no longer in alignment with where you want to go. Yeah. Because of that, that's how I create and start measuring success on behaviors and the consistency of that moving forward. Yeah, no. And by the way, I think, I think um, we have very similar ideas. I think, I think they're exactly the same because 
my my thing with sales has always been like you know people set goals for like you know i want to sell so many units or i want to sell so much you know revenue right mm-hmm. and i'm like those are fine kind of like you like those are fine but mm-hmm. you know you can set a million you can set a goal to be have a million dollars you can set it have one dollar right but what you you know but you have to like be able to back into that and mm-hmm. figure out the the habits that create uh, a million dollar salesperson you yeah. know what i'm saying yeah because for me it's like it, it's almost better if someone gives me the goal and then i can figure out like what type mm-hmm. of i can figure out if it's something that i can do and then what kind of person would do that rather than like me coming up with a goal and being like and then having to like work through it um it's just it's just kind of weird because mm-hmm. my view of goals is like they shouldn't be like your goals shouldn't be around things you can't control. Like I can't, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I can do a lot of things to influence a sale, mm-hmm. but I, I can't, you know, I can't force somebody to buy it. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah, that's, so that's, that's exactly like, it. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Yes. I can't, yeah. We can't force people to say, buy this book or buy, listen to this podcast. Yeah. We can say, Hey, right. here's what you might find benefit in. I like the point that you made as well, and that is um, backing into it, you know, and, and yeah. so what I actually, when I'm actually looking at my clients and when we put their plan together, I say, put a goal out there that's two, three months out. And who are you at that moment? If you do yeah. all the things that you say you are going to do, who are you in that moment? Right. Oh, what, is, good, what is that yeah. person living like? Um, and I asked yeah. them, asked them to do two things. Number one, write a note to yourself, to that person. Post dated to that or dated to that time (laughs) and write and and you're going to open it on a certain day during that, during that time as a form of motivation for yourself and and write yourself as though you've achieved everything or what, what do you think this month or two months has been and write to yourself in that respect. The second thing I asked them to do is now that you know that end result, what would it take for you to get there and what's build our plan backwards from there? Yeah. Knowing that you don't have to do everything at once. Let's build yeah. it backwards. So as I'm thinking about it from a behavior standpoint, and I talk to my clients about this all the time, especially around succession planning, if I have a succession problem now, it's, I'm already, that boat has already been missed. <laughs> my succession plan right. needs to be on the strategy of where we need to be two years, three years, four years down the line, because I know it takes two years to develop a skill because the first one is education, the next is experience, and then it's going to be exposure, Right. Ooh, education, yeah. get the skill, experience, practicing it, and then the exposure to the executives so that they feel comfortable with that person coming in. That's at least a two-year journey, right? Yeah. Just to do some of those things in a very seamless fashion yeah. and for multiple people. So if I'm not already planning for two years out, I've already missed the boat when I'm looking for it now. So what's going to happen? Likely, <laughs> right. I'm not going to find the right person. It's going to be a mismatch. It's no different yeah. than our own behaviors as well individually. When we think about our own changes, what am I going to be doing yeah. two months from now? Who am I then? What's the world going to look like? Okay, let me just walk yeah. backwards from that and see what I can do. And then I'm just <laughs> right. building on two months, two months, two months. And now I'm always just walking myself back to say, okay, what, what, am I, what have I seen from a behavior standpoint and the consistency around that? Right. And that creates uh, kind of that backing into it, if you will, uh, perspective. Yeah, no, and that's... Well, and that's it. Right. And, and I like that you said that, like, who, who are you in that moment? Because I feel like that's a, in my mind, that made it click 
that was an easy way for me to be like, oh, okay. So I want to be a manager. Well, what does that look like for you? What are you doing? Mm -hmm. You know, what do you have? Like what things mm -hmm. you want to do? So like, maybe I'm not going into work till 10. So what do I need to do to make, you know what I mean? That, yeah. Then you got like tangible things to like kind of back into that. So that mm -hmm. that's super interesting. Yeah. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, well, cool, man. Well, Hey, I, I appreciate it. I know our time's almost up. The, the technical <laughs> difficulties, man. but, um, but before we go, I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to tell everybody where they can buy your book. If they want some of your services, where they can find your services uh, sure. and just give yourself, you know, give everybody all the info they need. All right. No, sound, sounds good. So um, I can be found on, you know, most of the major uh, social media sites, um, probably most notably uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. B underscore intention. Um, there you'll see me cool. just plugging away at certain things. Um, I'm also on cool. LinkedIn and Facebook uh, under Ian D. Brooks. Um, I'm also be found on my website. That's rhodesmith.com. That's R-H-O-D-E-S-S-M-I-T-H.com. Um, there they'll be able to find this podcast um, as well as others where I've provided some thought leadership. Um, they'll find access to my book as well and some uh, reviews on my book, Intention, which is available on um, Amazon, Barnes & Noble in a hard copy or ebook. And hopefully there will be a uh, audio book coming out uh, in the not too distant future. Um, they'll also yeah. have a chance to see some of my offerings for individual coaching and, and leadership development coaching as well, um, as well. And, um, oh yeah, by the way, you can always email me from that site as well. Oh, right on, man. Well, Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate all your wisdom and, uh, and your time. And it was really awesome. And I'm by the way, glad we finally got, we're able to do it. Cause I know that <laughs> yes, there was so Likewise, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely glad we were able to uh, finally connect. Uh, it made it, made it all worth it, but uh, no, definitely glad to have this conversation and uh, look forward to, to uh, continuing the dialogue. Absolutely.